Sometimes rest is hard work. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Kester, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. We're coming to the delicious paradox of Hebrews 4.11. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. Did you catch it? The King James translators gave us, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. So what rest is that rest? And what kind of striving or diligence, that's the literal reading, must we do to enter it? Today, Jim will bring us part two of The Rest That Brings Relief. The author of this passage, this, this book, this book of Hebrews, is working off of quoting Psalm 95. And he's going to tell us in a few minutes who the author was. But in that psalm, God's speaking about Moses and the people in the wilderness. And he said, you guys, in my wrath, I swore you would not enter into my rest. And for them, following Moses, that meant they didn't get to go into the land of milk and honey, a land that God offered them. And listen, 38 years later, when their children actually entered the land of Joshua, with the exception of the 38 soldiers who were killed at Ai, not one Israeli soldier died in the conquest of the land of Canaan. Did you remember that? Why? Because God gave Joshua victory after victory after victory after victory after victory, just like he did at Jericho. Here's the point. Rest means God's going to give gifts without you straining to earn it. That's what he offered. He said, I'm going to take you into the land. I'm going to settle you in the land. It's going to be your land. I will protect you and bless you there. And that take you into the land, man, he had all the bases covered. He knew exactly what he was doing. God was in charge. And all they had to do was follow. That's all they had to do. Remember Jericho? Every day, march once around, seventh day, seven times around, and then blow the trumpets, and the walls came tumbling down. Joshua did that? No, God did that. God did that. And every one of those battles that Joshua fought, God supernaturally gave the victory. He was giving the land over to the descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob under the leadership of Joshua. God would have done that under Moses 38 years earlier, but the people balked because they didn't believe. They had an evil heart of unbelief. They didn't trust God. So the psalm is looking back on that occasion, but the psalm is written 400 or 500 years after that historic occasion, and David is the author. Look at it there in verse... Uh, in verse 7, you'll see that. So David, who lived a thousand years before Christ, wrote the psalm, a revelation from God, about something that happened four or five hundred years earlier, 400, 450 years earlier, when Moses was leading the people out of Egypt. See that? They're in the wilderness. See that? And from that historic experience, David quotes God, or pens what God's word was, and God says, I swore in my wrath they will not enter my rest. And then David says that the rest, the promise that God made 
through Abraham to the nation of Israel that they rejected, that that promise is still active today, but it's active in the person and work of Jesus. Am I confusing you? It'll get muddier before it gets clear. Let's go back to our theme. There is a promise of rest, verse 1. A promise of entering into Jesus' rest, God's rest. A rest that is not earned, a rest that is supernatural, a rest that is comforting, a rest that brings assurance, peace, strength, and all that you need in order to prosper in every area of your life. A rest. There remains the promise of rest in Jesus, entering into his rest. Well, let's pick up our reading again uh, right there after that quote. So I swore in my anger they will not enter my rest. Yet his works, God's works, Jesus' works, have been finished since the foundation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about, about the seventh day in this way. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Hang on, don't quit yet. Again, in that passage, he said, they will never enter my rest since it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news, Moses, etc., did not enter it because of disobedience. Again, he specifies a certain day. Today, right now, this moment, today, speaking through David, after such a long time since the wilderness experience, speaking through David after such a long time, as previously stated, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken later through David about another day. That's convoluted. That's very difficult. You have to go home and outline it, get it all down. But here's basically what the passage is saying. God made a promise before he brought the people out of, out of Egypt that he would take them to the land of Canaan. That was a promise God made through Moses. Upon what basis did God have to make that promise? Well, the fact that God already, in his providence and his foreknowledge, had provided for that everything necessary. When did he do that? way back after six days of creation. On the seventh day of creation, Genesis chapter 1, God rested. Why? Because he had finished all that he was going to create. And everything that he created was perfect, just like he wanted it, just exactly like he planned it. And he finished creating, and he spent a day resting. That's God resting from his works. That's God saying, I've done all the creating that is necessary or desirable or good. I finished the work of creation, therefore I'm going to rest. See that? Yeah, you see it. On the basis of that provision that God made way back there, Noah and the flood came. On the basis of that rest way back there, 
Moses was given by God the promise that he could take the children of Israel out of Egypt into the land God promised. On the basis of that back there, God wasn't going to strain, sweat, try to figure out a plan. He already had it planned. He, he had already formed the ages. He had already formed the ions, the events that would fill what we call history. He'd already got all that scheduled. He got that already. Got all the energy and everything necessary. Had that all planned out. So in God's mind, bringing the flood in Noah's day, which produced rest, bringing the people out of Egypt into the land of Canaan, which would have been rest for them, were fait accompli. God doesn't make a promise he can't deliver on. And because he can deliver on every promise that he's already made and has anticipated all those promises, he rests. He rests. And that's the call. That's the invitation. God wants you and me as his creatures, as his creation, to rest with him. What does that mean? That doesn't mean we go dormant, but it means we have absolute confidence, absolute peace, absolute assurance, absolute rest that God's got it all figured out. God's not going to wake you up in the middle of the night and say, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do about, I won't name anybody there. I, I don't know how to work out the problems in Iran. I, I, I'm confused. Would you please help me? God's not going to do that. God has that all worked out. You get what I'm saying? So God rests and has been resting since the seventh day of creation. That doesn't mean doing nothing. That means he's already stockpiled all the wisdom, knowledge, is directing all the affairs, knows all about everything from the number of hairs in your head to the sparrow that falls by the side. He's got that all figured out. And he's resting. And the promise is that you and I can enter into that rest. That's the invitation. Come, rest with me. And that's what David was saying in this psalm that he wrote 1000 BC. It was that today, if you hear his voice, today if you hear God say, come and rest, come and rest, come and rest. He's serious about that invitation. Now, some of you are way ahead of me. <laughs> a thousand years after David, Jesus stood in the hills of Galilee one day, looked out at the people, masses, multitudes. He saw them as conflicted, troubled, discouraged, bewildered, unsure. What did he say? Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Give you rest. I've already got it figured out. In my power, through my wisdom, all things will be worked together for good to those who love me and to those who simply trust me. Now that's half of it. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, same word, T 
take my yoke, you know what a yoke is, that's what the two oxen had, there are two sides to it, the, ox put his, the two oxen put their heads in here, or horses, whatever it was, and they pulled the plow. Jesus says, come get in the yoke next to me. I'm on this side, I'm committed, I know the path, I know the way, I got the strength, I got the energy, stick your head in the yoke. What does that mean? That means that he leads and I follow. That's what that means. That means that he pushes and I help. I help. <laughs> I was recently with the grandchildren and one of the grandchildren was trying to move a huge box and one of the adults in the room got up and said, let me help you with that. <laughs> and of course, the child got a hold of the thing and Moved as the box was lifted, the child moved their hands. The child was helping. Who was doing the lifting? You bet your bottom dollar. Now that's the picture. God Almighty is doing the lifting. He's doing the directing. He's doing the controlling. He's doing the caring. He's doing the providing. What do you do? Stick your head in the other yoke and go along for the ride. And you know what? He even allows some things to come along where you and I can legitimately say, man, it was neat to be able to be involved with God in that project. Be part of the person, part of the event, part of the whatever. It was wonderful to be there. Well, like that little child, you were not doing the lifting, but you were very much involved in the activity. Thank God for that. Stick your head in the yoke. Put your head in the yoke. Here's what it says. Take my yoke upon you, Learn of me. Learn about me. Learn who I am, what I've done. Learn of my provision, my wisdom, my plans, my power. Learn all those things about me which will build confidence and make your rest deeper and fuller and richer and sweeter. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. What does that mean? That means that the rest he gives as a gift becomes fully operational in your life and grows more and more and more and more and more and more. It's like what Paul said. Paul said, you know, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. How did he learn that? Well, he learned that God was in control whether he was broke and busted, whether he was in prison or preaching. God was in control. Paul didn't have to worry about those things. He just trusted God and went along. Dear friend, uh, former Marine, he's with the Lord now, a former Marine, also a chaplain, and, and he, he would be gone nine months, you know, ten months, eight months on these, on these cruises. You know what I'm talking about? Military cruises. And while he was gone, the children were home with the wife, and the wife was a very competent woman. And after he retired, I had occasion many times to be in their home, and I, one time I said, Chaplain, how is it you and your wife get along so well? I mean, you're both very strong-willed people, very, you know. And he says, very easy. He said, we learned a long time ago to assign tasks. I said, well, how does that work? Well, he said, uh, he said uh, my wife makes the decisions about all the, all the unimportant things. I said, what are they? Well, what I wear, what I eat, where we go, how we spend our money. So that's, that's, that's her job. I said, okay, what are, the, what are the most important things? Well, I ponder whether we should declare war on China. That's the kind of thing I worry about. Now, listen to me carefully. In that arrangement, they had rest with each other. 
Each knew what was expected, and they shared. What God is inviting us to do in the words of Jesus Christ is enter into his rest, walk with him through his task, trust him for the outcomes, and we will grow more and more and more confident and our rest and peace will become deeper and deeper as we know more and more and more about Jesus. See that? Got it? Can I look how this passage points that out? Now look again. Verse 8. If Joshua, way back during the days of Moses, if Joshua, in taking the people out of the wilderness into the land, if Joshua had given them rest, and he did, you'll find passages in Joshua where it says that when the people went into the land, they had rest. They had rest from their enemies. They had rest from their wanderings. They had rest in a number of ways, and it, is, and it describes that rest. If Joshua had given them rest, he will not have spoken later about another day. Verse 9. Circle this if you circle it in your Bible. A Sabbath rest remains, therefore, for God's people. In other words, the Sabbath rest that God experienced back there on the seventh day of creation, and all that that meant to him, that same rest is available to us today. How do we get it? Go unto Jesus. Come unto me, all you the labor have laid. I will give you that rest. I will take you into that rest. Take my yoke upon me, learn of me, and you'll, you'll gain more and more and more confidence in that rest, and you'll be more and more and more at peace with yourself and with others in that rest. The Sabbath rest remains. That promise that we read about in verse 1, the promise remains, the promise remains, the promise remains of entering into his rest, God's rest. That promise remains to today. We enter in by faith. Now notice the rest of the paragraph. A Sabbath rest remains, therefore, for God's people. For the person who has entered the person who has entered his rest has rested from his own works just as God did for us. Who's the person there? Commentators are split as to what that means. Some say that's an invitation to us, and it defines that when we actually take God at his promise, we enter into his rest, and that results in us resting from our works just as he rested from his work of creation on the sixth day. I am on the other side of the, of the ledger. I think that he is talking about there's Jesus. And here's what I think that verse means. The Sabbath rest that's provided for us, that remains, that's offered to us, that's promised to us as God's people, Jesus has entered his rest and he has rested from his own works, just as God did from his. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, ascended back to the Father, what did he do? He sat down. Writers are going to make a great deal about that in just a chapter or two. When Jesus finished his work of salvation on the earth, 
When Jesus became a man, did all, would, all that he did in order to provide salvation and forgiveness to us on the basis of grace as a gift. When he finished all of that work and he arose, he didn't go to heaven to pace the floor and debate with Satan. He sat down. His work was done. When Jesus said from the cross, it is finished, it was done. You can't add anything to it. I can't anything to it. There's no good work you or I can do to add to that salvation. Salvation is done. The rest and peace with God that Jesus Christ came to provide by being our substitute, that work is done. And it's magnificently symbolized or illustrated by the fact that Jesus right now is seated in heaven. He's not prowling around. He's not stewed. He's not pacing back and forth. He sits at the right hand of God the Father, plays highest place of honor and power in all the universe. That's where he sits, and he sits. And what did the Father say to him? You sit at my right hand until I, until I, until I make your enemies your footstool. You see it? Jesus' work is done. He's resting. That doesn't mean he's inactive. Doesn't mean he does nothing. It means that there's nothing left to be done, just as God rested on the seventh day of creation because there was nothing, nothing left to be done when it came to the order of creation that God purposed to bring to pass upon the earth and the heavens. All that would be created was created. God said, there, I'm done. And he rested the seventh day. When Jesus went back to heaven, everything that could be done, should be done, needed to be done, was done. It's done. It's done. You can't add to it. You can't delete it. It's done. And he sits at the Father's right hand. And the invitation is, come, sit with me. Come, take my rest. Enter a relationship with me by faith where everything you need for life, for eternity, for forgiveness, for peace, for salvation, for security, for success, everything you need is done. I'm the doer. As the acorn contains the oak tree, or as the full-grown adult is there in the embryo, God's promises contain their own fulfillment. In His Word resides the completion of all His plans, and we can rest in that knowledge. Another segment from Hebrews 4 is coming tomorrow. The sermon is named, The Rest That Brings Relief. If you'd like to have the entire message on CD, we'll mail it to you for a gift of $7 or more. For a contribution of $66 or more, we'll send you all the CDs in this series called God's Ultimatum, Volume 1. That's a 19-disc set. Right Start is pulsating your eardrums right now because some listeners heard with their spiritual ears the Holy Spirit urging them to give and pray. If this ministry helps you stay close to the Lord, please consider becoming part of our good crew. We could use your help. Call 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. 
or write us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. And visit our website, rightstartradio.org. There you'll find a storehouse of audio files. We've archived the radio shows for you, but if you'd rather get your sermons uninterrupted, you can play or download the full messages. Or we can shoot new shows to your phone each day if you'll follow the Right Start podcast. There's a link for that, and you can make a secure donation at rightstartradio.org. Rightstartradio.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. From the seventh day of Genesis to the weekly Sabbath, God has given us multiple pictures of his rest. Do we see it? Please be with us tomorrow for the next Right Start. Right Start.